0: Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, ITA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking to Paul Rouse. He is the founder of Regenerate Ventures, a new EIS fund focused on agritech. We're going to be talking about his career, why he chose to go down the EIS route, and why he's chosen this particular fund focus. So Paul, thank you so much for checking to us today. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah,
1: my background uh quite diverse. Uh, I started my uh, financial career in the city uh, at Goldman Sachs. Uh then transitioned into asset management where I led transactions into renewable energy and technology deals. Then I sort of switched considerably a, a life pivot if you will and moved out to the family farm um which we have out here in Suffolk. Um and I was very much involved in diversifying the farming assets, setting up different businesses on the farm, uh, and at that time, I also, because of my interest in early stage business and technology, became an active angel investor into the uh, into EIS uh, and have been so for the last fifteen odd years.
0: Okay, so perhaps now we can talk about your career and how it correlates to what you're doing now. What I'm thinking specifically is your angel investing whilst you moved to the country your dissatisfaction with that. And then a little bit about how setting up with Fuel Ventures, a very successful EIS EIS fund in its own right, um, how that correlates to what you're doing now.
1: Okay. So uh yes, I I left the world of uh uh finance and, and asset management in the city, moved to the family farm uh well over a decade now ago ago now, um where I was, I was really responsible for looking at uh, uh, new businesses and looking at ways that we can innovate and look at ways that we can diversify their, our own farm. Um, I set up different businesses uh, uh, from wedding venues and catering businesses and, and, and pubs and, and renewable energy and, and all your typical farm diversification projects, but, uh, but also saw other opportunities off the farm. Which, uh, where I saw others were innovating, especially in the digital space, they were using technology. Uh, and, uh, and I got a real interest in, in, I had a real interest in all of that. So I, I became an active angel investor into these very early stage businesses that required both capital and support to grow. Um, I saw that it wasn't a particularly scalable business model. And I saw the more angel investors I met, and the more companies I met, the more I realized that these companies required more than just the capital. They they, they needed more than just to raise the funds. They needed support, and they need active support to get them to the next level. Um, and I think at that point, it was it was a while ago now, but I think that, that at that stage, it was a very inefficient market, uh, which led me to. Create, launch my first venture fund called Fuel Ventures, um, where I met Mark Pearson, uh, and he joined me as co-founder uh, of Fuel, and uh, we built a pretty good team, raised a significant amount of capital, and uh, and saw many many deals in the first year, uh, and selected uh, selected what we thought were the winners. So I think you know we it was all about scaling. Scaling the idea of angel investing into EIS, but putting more of an institutional, having more of an institutional approach that gave those companies, the underlying companies that, that we were building the portfolio, not only the capital, but the support. So we, we were available to them for, for the entire, well, each day, and, and we were able to help them get from, from zero to one.
0: Great. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about Agritech and EIS and what you're doing now.
1: Yeah look I think the um when I when I exited fuel ventures uh I did a number of things as as you already know but I think at that point I realized that my next venture fund really had to be focused on 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 leaving a positive impact and really focusing on sustainability as a whole impact as a whole uh, and And I really wanted to leverage my experience uh, firsthand experience that I had on our own farm uh, and with many other farmers uh, when i was when I was chairman of uh, Suffolk cLA that I had the opportunity and the honor of uh, of representing and I saw that you know there was a massive challenge with food producers not only here in the uk but but globally. Uh, if we look at where we currently are in the world there is a there is a there is a real drive to improve the environment and to reverse the impact of climate change. Um, and agriculture is coming under increasing pressure to be part of that solution. Depending on the reports that you read, uh, agriculture contributes between 24 to 30% of greenhouse gases uh, in the world, and around 10% uh, of the UK's greenhouse g- gas emission comes from, uh, comes from agriculture or the agri-food supply chain. And I and as I said earlier, I think the the UK government's drive to decarbonisation by twenty fifty, the NFU's uh, agenda for for net zero by twenty forty, f- uh, farmers, food producers are under more and more pressure um, as policies change, as their drive to 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 grow more with less, and so they they they're being forced. To and rightly so, in some respects, right, forced to innovate and to change. And I think if you look at agriculture as a whole, agriculture is the oldest industry in the world. Um, it's unfortunately, it is one of the major industries that is still yet to be technologically engaged and enabled uh, and digitally transformed. So we've got a, we've got a long way to go to make that uh, make that work. And I think that we were seeing significant changes in government policy and consumer trends that, is, that, that requires this, this urgent need for this transformation to happen. So if we look at global investment into agri-tech or agricultural innovation, globally was around 18 billion in 2019. Uh, that that figure is expected to grow to about 42 billion by 2027. So that's a huge growth in terms of investment that's going into the sector. Uh, you know most of most of the investment to date or a lot a majority of the investment to date has been about the last mile it 's about getting food from point a to point b um, and and it 's really been focused on fast access to calories rather than improving nutrition and and the sustainability of or, or the sustainable production of that nutritious content of the food reaching the consumer and i think that 's where the massive that 's where a massive opportunity is a the urgent need to to be digitally enabled and technologically transformed in the agricultural space and and to meet the consumer and the governmental demands change of change in policy that is is expected to happen. So Regenerate Ventures is really being set up to look at to a horizon scan for those very early stage deals and technologies and companies and founders who really want to make a difference to to innovate in agriculture and to really make a difference when, when it comes to the agricultural supply chain uh, in In the whole improvement to the environment and climate change, and so we're there to, like I did with with fuel and Blackfinch, to not only provide the capital but provide that active support and surround ourselves with a good number of advisors uh, and an ecosystem which which we can help these companies and these founders uh, use the capital wisely, connect with industry, connect, connect with the academia and really grow their business.
0: Let's uh, let's look a, a little bit at your reasoning for doing this through EIS.
1: So, uh, look, I, I think the reason the reason why we're using EIS EIS um, as a as a vehicle for regenerate ventures is is purely because there is significant capital at the very early stage and there's significant capital at the very late stage, but this, this valley of death. Is ever increasing because as the, the the deal sizes continue to grow, but the deal numbers shrink. So as more companies come on, uh, as more talent comes into the sector, they need this early stage capital. So I so I see the sweet spot for uh, for agricultural innovation. So we don't lose these deals. So these these this technology gets lost is being able to invest at the seed to Series A and then supporting investors at a probably later stage or, or, uh, or maybe not even looking at the sector to try and encourage them to act as the lead investor using the EIS funds and, and attract more capital uh, to this sector for taking that lead as regenerate.
0: It might be cheeky to ask, but perhaps uh, you could give us an example of a company you'll be investing in. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but w- w- what i what I would say is that i'm I am seeing what i'm so excited about uh, you know i've been thinking about doing this for five years um, what i'm seeing is an ever increasing uh, number of investment opportunities out in the market and and that's really driven by by this by innovators, experienced innovators and, and entrepreneurs wanting to improve our own food supply chain and the environment. Um, as I said, I've seen hundreds of deals over the last couple of years and that's continuing to grow. Uh, I, I am pleased to say that I, I have, I've seen, I've, I've already signed my first term sheet. Uh, so we're, we're ready to go on our first investment, but I guess in, in, instead of going specifically on a deal, what I'll talk about is, is, is a theme and that is, you know, an example of what we look for is, uh, are technologies that are easy to adopt in the first instance and that are really focused on this, this concept of precision farming. And that is really about doing and growing more with less use of less inputs and increasing higher yields and nutritious foods um, and really being able to do that in a way that's both sustainable and profitable for the farmers. So I think precision ag is something that we're very excited about.
0: So finally, should we talk about some of the challenges that you guys are facing in this space in agri tech?
1: Well, look, I think agri tech uh, or agriculture in general is a very, very challenging industry. Uh, I think the reason the reason why there are a number of reasons why it's challenging. Let's look at let's look at agri tech as a whole. You know, the the, the term agri tech is, I would say, slightly misunderstood. You know, when you ask someone about agri-tech, they might, they might have a, 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 a view that it, it, it's focused on robotics. Someone else might think it's focused on genetic modification. Someone might think it's, it's focused on new seed varieties. Uh, and innovation within agriculture is, it has the same challenge. And so I think you know, if you're a robotics expert, you're not going to know anything about genetic modification. So I think within agriculture, the technologies that apply and that are going to make a massive difference in this sector are so vast, and it's about having the depth and breadth of knowledge and experience, um, as well as, as I said earlier, you've, you know the, the select advisors in an ecosystem to support you in identifying the opportunities. And screening those opportunities and working with a portfolio to take it to market that's that's a real that's a real challenge and I think innovators and entrepreneurs in this space what they're finding difficult is a you know a lot of them don't have uh, agricultural or farming experience they're not then they they understand the challenge but they haven't seen it firsthand uh, and I think one of the other challenges is around adoption so it's great to, to build all this technology and expect it to be adopted on farms, um, but that's not always going to be the case. and it And it takes time. It's a it's a it's a very steady it's a, a very steady sector, and it takes time to break in. If you look at you know growth, a growing cycle in, in a lot of crops could be a year, six months to a year, and if you're looking at pro, uh, the right amount of data to collect from from these field trials, it, it could take two, three, four seasons, which is not the typical life cycle of a digital startup. So it's just a very different sector to operate in. There's a number of challenges at the moment both the innovators and the investors are facing. And uh, and I think we, you know, we're know, we hoping that, uh, that we as a team can, can provide a match or we can provide the support um, and we can take more of a lead to try and support uh, this sector.
0: Excellent. Paul, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us today. The
1: Financial Insight
0: Podcast is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Wherever appropriate, independent research and wherever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. The value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.